are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for tuning in. So, going to talk about a couple of things in today's show, but before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenrooms. Download the Spotify Greenrooms map and find one of our locked on rooms Spotify green room changing the way we talk sports so today's show we're going to talk in the second and third segments about the trade I made in the ultimate mock draft it's buddy healed and 10 for er, er, buddy healed and nine for Eric Bledsoe and 10 I traded up technically while bringing in buddy healed and offloading Eric Bledsoe I hope you listened to that episode of the ultimate mock draft yesterday you got to hear some others experts give some analysis on it too they seem to like what we did here in New Orleans bringing in a shooter like like that. I'm going to talk to Matt George, host of Locked On Kings, about this deal. We're going to look at it from both sides, and we're going to split that conversation up into the second and third segments of today's show. But before we get to that, in the first segment, I do want to talk about the Pelicans being linked to like every veteran player out there right now. Anyone that can help them potentially win now is a name that they're looking at. Why is that, right? Why, why do you hear me and others in the media advocating for the Pelicans to add veteran players who can kind of help them win right now? Isn't that what the Pelicans did under Dell Demps? Didn't that backfire? And that's why Anthony Davis isn't here anymore. I'm going to explain why those two things are different coming up here right now on Locked on Pelicans. The Pelicans are approaching a very pivotal offseason, I think, in the franchise's history, trying to build around Zion Williamson. And while the Pelicans have been here before, year two, year three of Anthony Davis, and really tried to kind of accelerate around him, trading away first-round pick after first-round pick, right, to build around Anthony Davis and get that young veteran model that Dell Demps really liked around him, it kind of blew up in their face when they didn't really have flexibility or, you know, very many assets to trade in the future. And eventually he, he got tired and he wanted out. So why are a lot of people, myself, others in the media, trying to put a winner around Zion in year three? It does seem like on the surface, it's repeating some of the same mistakes, but I don't think it really is. And that's what I kind of want to get into in this segment. So There's more of an emphasis to win now because we're already hearing rumblings of Zion Williamson being upset. We didn't hear that with Anthony Davis until he was on his second contract, until he signed that extension and Alvin Gentry was his head coach. You're already hearing it at the end of year two around Zion Williamson. Normally, you think you get these rookies that you draft for six, seven years, maybe eight, just kind of depends on how the contracts shake out. But in reality, they start the timelines earlier, I think, for these guys wanting out and trying to force their way out. And Zion's an even more special case because of how good he is, because of how hyped he is. And if you've been a longtime listener, you've heard me be worried about this. There is a world where he takes a qualifying offer instead of going into restricted free agency and taking a longer-term deal from the Pelicans or with another team that the Pelicans then match. There is a world where after his fourth year in the league, he plays on a one-year qualifying offer on his fifth year and then is an unrestricted free agent after that. That's going to be here sooner than you know it. And then say he does sign an extension. Though you don't get those guys for that whole time of that contract. Say he signs a four-year deal 
you get the fourth year being of that a, a player option, right? So you've got team control of him for three years. You've got to trade him at the end of that second year, basically, to try and get any value for him when everyone knows that he's going to opt out. It was the same for Anthony Davis, right? They traded him with a year left on that deal because they wanted to get something in return rather than let him walk away for nothing. So this, it's like life comes at you fast. These contracts, while it might seem four years, it's really two years where you don't need to worry. And that's why I think you're seeing the Pelicans look to try and get into the playoffs a little bit sooner. Make him happy, keep him happy, keep Zion Williamson here as long as possible. They kind of did that, though, with Anthony Davis and still backfired. The thing is, though, the Pelicans have a war chest of assets, and that is not what they had in the Anthony Davis era at any point. They had to be very careful with the moves they make, because if you say traded for Omer Oshik and used a first-round pick for that, you couldn't then use another first-round pick to try and offload his contract if it didn't work out. You needed that for something else. So those moves you really needed to nail because you couldn't get out from under that. It's a little bit different from the Pelicans right now with all of those Lakers picks, with all of the Bucks picks, potential pick swaps in there too if you need those if those do come into play. You can use a first round pick to move on from Steven Adams, to move on from Eric Bledsoe. You can trade for a guy like CJ McCollum, a buddy Heald, who if you're going to listen to the podcast and you should on the actual podcast format, hopefully you're listening to that right now. It what you know, they, that's a pick that you can use to bring in a guy like that for shooters because that's the trade I made in our ultimate mock draft. So when you listen or when you look at the situations, they can do this and they can still have assets left over, whereas the Pelicans before didn't have that. And look, appealing Zion Williamson is a really important thing. And we've heard some of the rumblings of him being unhappy. And I can tell you from talking to people close to him that that's that's somewhat there. He's not asking out yet. He doesn't necessarily want out yet. And he's not necessarily deciding right now if he's going to take a qualifying offer or not. But that's something that's on his mind. I guarantee you. And something that the Pelicans are keenly aware of and a little bit worried about. This fan base wants to win. He wants to win. Brandon Ingram wants to win. All of these guys want to win. And it's not like they, need, they have so many picks, so many assets that they can use. You may as well use some of them. You don't want to let these things eventually like evaporate or turn into bad players. You want to use these and cash them in. You don't need to go all in this offseason. I don't really see a move where they go all in this offseason. But you can use some of these pieces now to bring in other players that can help you win. Maybe it's Kyle Lowry like we talked about yesterday. Maybe it's Buddy Heald, CJ McCollum. I can list some other names out there too. But I think that's why they. you see a lot of people saying they should do this. It, it's time to win with this team. Whether... It fits the normal timeline or not. This timeline is accelerated and not artificially accelerated like what Dell Demps tried to do, thinking that the team was ready to win around Anthony Davis sooner than what they wanted to do. Didn't kind of get guys on quite the right thing. Ended up making the wrong moves, so the idea was there, and then ran out of picks and assets and was kind of stuck. There were only so many ways he could upgrade the roster and couldn't really do it in a significant way. Look at the Portland Trailblazers right now around Damian Lillard. They're kind of in that vein. They've done it. They've spun the wheels. They've spun the wheels. They've spun the wheels. Now they're out, and they can't really do anything else. And now he wants out because they're kind of at the end of the line, the end of the rope, and they're holding on for dear life. And I think that's what separates the Pelicans currently from the Pelicans of the past and why they are looking to try and win now. It's it, it's a similar model to what Dell Demps was doing, except you have the other assets where if you make a bad move, you can use some of those to try and get off of it. And you have a guy that's impacting winning sooner than Anthony Davis did, and that's the underrated part of this. You have Brandon Ingram there. 
You didn't have a second number like that around Anthony Davis till you got Drew Holiday, but he wasn't even at that level necessarily in terms of a score and a guy ready to win. AD, in his third year, wasn't as good offensively as Zion Williamson is right now and completely bending defenses like Zion does and is entirely the focal point of the team. All of these guys, it's better than it was around Anthony Davis right now, and I think that's why they want to try and win. And that's why these players want to try and win. And I think... That's why you're seeing names like Kyle Lowry come up. And so if you've thought before, don't do this, you're repeating the same mistakes. Yeah, you might mortgage the future to a certain degree, but there's no future if Zion isn't there. And that's some of the things that I think about when it comes to what the Pelicans are looking at this offseason. All right, coming up, my conversation with Matt George, host of the Lockdown Kings podcast, about the deal we made with Buddy Heald and Eric Bledsoe. That's going to be split over the next two segments coming up. You're going to make sure you want to listen to that one and, of course, the actual ultimate mock draft we did. But before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You're going to find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the latest big news or rumors. And you can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. And it's a lot of fun to get in there. It's basically sports talk radio on demand. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find tons of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to join you all on the app. So be sure to let me know once you download the Green Room app today, Green Room changing the way we talk sports. All right, now for the first part of my conversation with Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast, about the deal that got done. Matt George, the Locked On Kings podcast, joined by Jake Madsen of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Day two of the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft is in the books. And I would say the Kings and the Pelicans stole the show in day two with the trade that we agreed to. Wouldn't you say, Jake? Yeah, they we definitely had them talking more than anything else, which is good, right? That's what we're here for, um, to give some like insight and provide interesting discussion points on all of this. So I I thought we did. I thought our trade made sense, like perfectly, to be honest. It seemed like everyone was like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I wanted to get together with you and talk about this and talk through this a little bit more here for both of our podcasts because I know that there are going to be major question marks, especially on the Sacramento Kings side uh, with this deal. But we were talking a little bit before uh, recording, and I I thought you brought up something interesting that I want you to elaborate on here, uh, if you don't mind. And you're talking about each team kind of trading a little bit of their trash here, which, by the way, the deal, in case you didn't hear it, uh, was Buddy Heald being traded along with the number nine pick to New Orleans for Eric Bledsoe and the number 10 pick. I have my reasoning. You have uh, your reasoning. But essentially what you said is both sides are kind of trading their trash a little bit, but each one's trash makes more sense for the other side. Yeah, you know, you get these deals where, like, everyone in New Orleans hates Eric Bledsoe, and he was just, like, legitimately terrible last season in New Orleans compared to, like, his Milwaukee days. And I think Kings fans, and you seem kind of, like, on the outs with Buddy Heald, his inconsistency and all that, and it's just not working there. So you have both of these teams with these two guys that just don't work for them. Well, just swap them. Worst case is you get 
trash back, right? And you're kind of in the same boat that you were in before. So it's like a trash for trash trade, except your trash makes more sense on my team because I need shooting here. And look, Eric Bledsoe saves a ton of money for the Kings that don't need to be spending all of that money for, you know, kind of where they are. So I think it makes sense for both teams from that perspective. And as we were saying before, or when you and I were talking before we started hitting record here, you know, this is one of those exercises that I really like and I think is really valuable here with the Locked On Podcast Network where we're literally the local experts. I, I love Chad Ford. I love some of these other people. They don't know the Pels as well as I do. They don't know the Kings as well as you do. So it's great when people try and kind of project what's happening, but when it's one person doing it for all 30 teams, you, you don't get the depth and the texture and just the insight that you do when it's you and I doing it. So we think this trade makes a ton of sense as literally like boots on the ground people covering this team. And on top of that, this is a move that I legitimately could see happening. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's the important thing. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if both teams have engaged in conversation around this, maybe even Steven Adams and and Marvin Bagley working their way in, which uh, we can talk about as well, Jake. But compared to another conversation that I was having, because I shopped Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and this number nine pick with a bunch of teams uh, during this mock draft. And I at one point had a trade on the table that was a three-team trade involving the the Kings, the Pacers, and the um, the Phoenix Suns. And basically long-term or, or the short-term of it, both Bagley and Buddy, or all three, Bagley and Buddy and number nine were gone. Uh, but number or uh, Miles Turner was coming back to Sacramento. Jay Crowder was coming to Sacramento from Phoenix. Picks were going everywhere it was one of those fun mock draft type trades but realistically how likely is that to happen versus a trade like this a buddy and Bledsoe swap financially it makes sense shooting wise for New Orleans it makes sense Uh, they're right next to each other in the draft this makes a lot of sense to actually happen in the NBA yeah, like, I, look, when when I see these, like, the fan mocks or the fan trade deadline things, and you see something like 50, 60 trades done, and Lillard's been traded, Westbrook's been traded, maybe LeBron or AD gets traded too, like, they're just so unrealistic that you're more doing like a 2K simulation than you are something going on with the actual NBA, and that's kind of, I think, what we're doing here, and that's why I find this pretty valuable, that You understand your situation with the Kings and the cap and trying to shed some money. I understand the need for shooting here. This is just one of those things that would come together. And also it's impossible to figure out like three team trades. When I get those sent to me, I kind of just like roll my eyes because there's so many moving pieces. It's so hard to kind of project and predict those. And that when those things are, it's like fairly simple, right? They're never these complex things overall. It's usually like one guy goes here, another one goes here and another one goes there. And you kind of just all roll in a circle more or less. You know, that's it's it's not where there's like 50 picks involved and, and nine players. Not, none of those things really, really happen. So one for one trade. And look, we did the pick swaps in there. And don't forget, you got a second round pick two out of this, which it didn't really factor in since we weren't you know uh, doing a mock of the second round. It's one of those things that like, they'd call each other and maybe have this conversation and it would work out. Yeah, and honestly, I'm sure you on your podcast have have talked about why you pulled the trigger and made this deal. It's it's easier to see from the Pelicans' perspective with the lack of shooting uh, on that roster or the shooting that they lacked last year that you certainly get uh, in Buddy Heald. It's harder to see on the Kings' side because the the financials aren't aren't plastered and put right in front of you, but the amount of money that the Kings are saving in a deal like this is pretty significant. All right, so more to come with Matt George and myself talking about the trade between these two teams and why this deal got done in the way that it did. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You want to celebrate the freedom of choice. And look, Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And you can choose whichever one you want. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the mint brownie, the 
salted caramel. The double chocolate is a very underrated flavor. These things are delicious. And if you've never given them a try, you can get a mix box where you can try all of the different nine flavors. You'll get two of each. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, four to five grams sugar, only four to five grams net carbs, all amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Plus they have limited time flavors. You always want to keep checking out their website to see what they have going on right there. Plus Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And when your car isn't running, you need it running. Trying to see if they maybe have something for you, not only to get a part that doesn't really work or fit quite exactly what you wanted, is not the situation you want to be in. You need your car. It's how you get around. And in the summer, you need it to blow cold AC. So make sure you get that all fixed up and save some time and money when using Rock auto.com. Do not choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. I've told you I ordered an AC condenser for an old car that I have. It was like $250, $300 cheaper than one of those chain stores. I immediately bought it because I couldn't believe the price was that low. I thought it was wrong. And then every time I've gone back to rockauto.com for different parts, they're always the cheapest out there. They're just prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, back to chatting with Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast about the Buddy Heald and Eric Bledsoe swap we did in the Ultimate Mock Draft. One thing I did want to talk about is the the decision to swap picks number nine and number 10. And what I think is important context to talk about here is we both were interested in Moses Moody, who ended up going yep. eight. And I was pretty confident <laughs> that my guy, Franz Wagner, who was pretty much my backup plan the entire time, a very close second to Moses Moody, I was pretty confident he was going to be on the board at 10. That's why I didn't mind moving down a spot. To me, the, the pick swap wasn't that significant a part of the trade. But from the Kings perspective, I didn't mind dropping a spot because the guy that I wanted to be there was still going to be there. Yeah. So that, so I was thinking about this today, right? Like I, I, so when I said it on, on the show, I moved up to nine to try and get moody. Cause I was kind of worried you were going to take him and he didn't make it to 10 in any of the mocks that we had done before that. And I can't remember if he even made it to nine, but I figured with the opportunity to move up, I may as well. The, the trade fundamentally is, is blood. So for buddy healed, like that's, that's what this was the moving up to nine actually in theory. And I didn't think about this until today kind of hurts the Pelicans because that number nine pick is scaled at a slightly higher salary than 10. So I could have not done that in there, taking Kispert at 10 and paid a little bit less for him. If anything, Kispert's like the big winner in all this because he probably gets paid like $200,000 more or whatever it might be. So in theory, it's actually really good for you to trade down and get your guy just at a little bit cheaper. I did with Moses Moody at nine. You know, part of this was we were trying to get this done so quickly. I didn't want to wait to see who the magic took Mm -hmm. to try and make it like that realistic. But otherwise, I would have just been like, if I saw Moody go off the board at eight, I would have been just buddy healed for Eric Bledsoe and I would have happily still tossed in I think it was the 42nd pick or the 45th pick something like that well and another element I think that's important to bring up that would have spiced things up a little bit and we didn't even broach this in the, our initial conversation it actually came up much later in, in conversation over Twitter 
But we could have thrown a little extra spice into this trade by involving Marvin Bagley uh, and Steven Adams. That's a deal that I think both sides would have agreed to, right? Also sending Marvin uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Kings take back a a physical player in Steven Adams who doesn't necessarily make sense from a speed get get up and down the floor standpoint. But in terms of rebounding, a little bit of rim protection, but just having a solid body down low, which the Kings have lacked for a while, really since Alex Len, which I roll my eyes saying that, uh, that. That would have been pretty significant, I think, for both sides. Yeah, I would have I would have done that in a second. You would have made Pelicans fans so happy. I mean, look, Adams wasn't I wouldn't call him bad last year. Injured at times. Yeah, but I wouldn't call him bad. He's a good. He's a useful player. 17 million for him the next two years or so. 18 million, whatever it is, is a little bit rich for me, given that he just doesn't fit next to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and kind of clogs the lane for them. And I think that's a bit of an issue. So I have spacing first and foremost on my mind. So to get off of that contract, to get off of both of those deals and not really have to give up an asset for it, right? Like not having to include the 10th pick essentially in this to move off of both those guys was something I would jump at in a second to be able to do. And then just kind of roll the dice with Jackson Hayes or Billy Hernan Gomez at center. So yeah, we could have expanded it to do that deal um, and still made this work. Maybe we wrap up with this unless you have anything more that you want to add, but both of these teams, the the Kings and the Pelicans, in interesting situations here in the Western Conference where both are trying to win right now. And I, I know the the Kings, in some people's eyes, seem further along than the Pelicans are. The Pelicans could be further along than the Kings, depending upon uh, who you're talking to and, and who you're looking at. But the reality is both these teams expect to be and want to be in the playoffs uh, as early as next season. And it's easier, I guess, to see how this trade bolsters the route uh, to the playoffs for the Pelicans, adding two of maybe what would be the, the NBA's best shooters. Buddy Hield's already proven. Corey Kispert is widely considered uh, the best shooter in the uh, in the NBA draft. From the Kings' standpoint, though, this opens up the door to potentially trade Eric Bledsoe again at the deadline as because of he's only owed $3.9 million in the final year of that contract, or only three point nine is guaranteed. That's a basically a, a tradable asset that you have there. Or the Kings, if they didn't want to wait that long, could honestly shop and trade DeLon Wright to potentially add another asset or open up some cap space to re-sign Rashawn Holmes. So the Kings would have a little more work to do, I think, than the Pelicans after this trade is made. But it would be a fun race if this happened to see how it affects these two teams and their push for not just the play-in, but the playoffs itself. Yeah, oh, no, definitely. That's what I think is kind of interesting about this. In theory, they're kind of bolstering themselves. I agree with you that I think the Kings have a little bit further to go after a deal like this. But look, there's more flexibility there. And I'm taking a lot of that away for the Pelicans by bringing in Buddy Heald in his contract, not just this year, but other years too. So it's, you know, there, there's trade-offs to it. It's when you're looking to get something and you're not in, you know, a, a cap space team, you're gonna have to give up stuff. You're gonna have to take stuff back. It's a bit of a problem, right? Like you just kind of have to live with these deals that aren't, perfect by any stretch of the means but kind of serve the the biggest need right now and I think both teams accomplish that well Jake I think most are going to say that the Pelicans won this trade I think it's pretty close we'll see what the 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 people have to say on social media and just those who listen to the ultimate mock draft show encourage everybody to go and listen to that ultimate mock draft show and in the end if this trade does actually happen we can say we did it first and I'd be interested to see out of these two teams which one gets the leg up in this scenario no, it'll be fun. I'm I'm sure they've talked about this. Like I don't I don't doubt that. And I, well, let's let's see if some rumors come out about this based off of like our our ultimate mock draft trade.
All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. There you go. That's the trade. That's the rationale on both sides. Now that you've heard all of it, who do you think won? The Pelicans, me, or Matt George and the Kings, or is this one just kind of fair for everyone? And be sure to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft running all week long. Literally some of the best insiders you can kind of get on this sort of thing, some of the best draft analysis and thoughts on the teams that you're going to find out there. So thank you all very much for listening to this edition of Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.